Welcome on to the latest edition of Forever Blue. I'm Ian Cheeseman and I've got uh, three of the regulars from the Forever Blue podcast with me. Today we're doing this uh, recording straight after the FA Cup tie against Fulham. So we're actually sat in the press room at the Etihad Stadium. The club have very kindly allowed us this as a venue for today's uh, podcast recording. So thanks very much to them. Thanks, of course, to charleslouis.co.uk, who are our sponsors on this podcast. They're a chartered mortgage advising company. So if you want to find out a little bit more about them, have a look at the website, which, of course, is charleslouis.co.uk. You'll also, as well as seeing lots of information about potentially how to take out a mortgage either for yourself or somebody else a phone number on there so if you want some verbal advice it's always better to talk isn't it um, then give them a call and tell them that you've heard about them on forever blue it's city fan who's in charge there already so let them know that and uh, we'll uh, be very appreciative of the fact that you're supporting them and they're supporting us so thanks very much to charleslewy.co.uk so with me are harlan who is a regular, obviously Paul uh, from, uh, from some car company I've never heard of, and Tony from Hot Click Marketing, who as ever, if you retweet or share the link to this podcast or the vlogs, then you go into the hat for some prizes that Tony has, has uh, put in the hat for us, which we're very much appreciative of. So clearly, speaking right after a game, first thing we've got to talk about is the game. So who wants to go first on uh, telling, us, telling us what you think? And normally Harlan is... He's full of opinions, so I'll go to him first, eh? Yeah, uh, yeah good. Um, I'd say it was a casual, casual 4 0 winning, and it was one of them that we, we almost walked through. Um, but for me, that's no excuse for slopping us. I think at times today we were, we were pretty sloppy in possession. Uh, some of the passes were a bit poor as well. And um, I just don't think that we were as ruthless enough as we could have been. And I do personally think that some players have been saved by, by goals and assists in this game. And. Uh, I don't think it's a true representation of how the game went, to be honest with you. So say what you think then. Don't, don't just give yeah, us a vague Yeah, so, so, for example, you know, Jesus today scored two, two goals. Um, for me, his performance didn't worry a man of the match performance uh, or a man of the match award, shall I say. I think there was other players on the pitch, David Silva, Bernardo Silva, that ran the game and without them, the goals would have never, never come about. Um, I think Phil Fordham was very wasteful. Uh, I know he's referred to as the Stockport Iniesta and I think it needs to stop now. He was playing against Fulham today. Granted, a side that are doing well in the Championship but weren't at the races. We made him look pretty ordinary. Like I say, a casual game. And uh, it's one of them games that if he was ever going to shine, he needed to shine in this one. And for me today, I didn't think it was a fantastic performance for him. And I think that if he's not performing in games like this, we go back to the question that you always ask, is he ready to play in the Premier League regularly? For me, no, he isn't. So that's a harsh start. Um, what do you make of that, you guys? Um, to be honest with you, I, I kind of agree with everything he's just said. Um, I'm very un- underwhelmed today, I think, is the word I'm looking for. Um, I'm just a bit... Uh, I think it's probably the kick-off time, it's probably everything, but we just we just didn't... We weren't ruthless. We've got a big game coming up on Wednesday, um, and we weren't ruthless enough today. We just looked very... I, felt, I, th- I think the players performed like the fans felt. Just, here we go, let's go through the motions. Now, I've got to play the other side of the argument, of course, and there'll be people listening to this if they're not City fans saying, what an entitled bunch you are. You know, you two are moaning about a performance against Fulham where you've won <clears throat> by four goals to nil and it's a bit flat and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, are you not feeling... I mean, just beating Fulham 4-0 in the fourth yeah, yeah, of the yeah. FA Cup. The, Ian, the performance overall, if you to look at the whole performance, was, 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 
pretty good. There was a lot of good stuff. You know, Garcia played well. I thought Rodri looked good when he came on. I thought Cancelo, for me, was another one. You know, another contender for man of the match. I thought it was fantastic. Sweeping up, turning players, starting moves off, coming across and supporting the midfield, helping out at left-back when players were out of position. I thought he was fantastic. Bernardo and David were good. The performance overall, we scored four goals, great. And we made Fulham look really, really, really poor. However... You, you, you know, players like Jesus, players like Foden were given an opportunity today in the absence of players like Kevin De Bruyne and Sergio Aguero to, to forge themselves a starting spot in the Premier League and in the, in the game on Wednesday night. And for me, it was their chance to prove themselves. So I'm right to criticise them if they've been given an opportunity to play and not turned up because they don't get many games and in this one, they weren't good enough. And for me now, it doesn't warrant a starting spot on Wednesday night or in the next Premier League game. Tony's quietly waiting to come in here now and say something completely different a bit. Kind of. I mean, I couldn't completely understand where the guys are coming from because they were down to 10 men pretty much after five minutes and we didn't play like we were playing against 10. We still played like we were playing against 11 that had parked the bus. Um, that being said, we won 4-0. We've got through to the next round, job done. Um, and, you know, through to the next stage in another trophy that we can still get our hands on. So it's not the end of the world, but I do agree in terms of the result, Max, Max la. The result papered over some of the cracks in that sense in terms of the performance and some individual performances. But I think overall we played OK. Um, there were some great performances from some individuals. I thought, although we didn't have much to do, Garcia swept up well at the back. Um, I thought Otamendi had a good game. Um, and as I say, we can go through the starting 11. I think that the majority had a good game. There was the odd one, you know, uh, that didn't necessarily play to what we've seen them play um, throughout this season. But at the same time... I think it was fed in from the crowd because, you know, it was... I'd love to see what the attendance was today in terms of how empty it was out there. Um, and I know it's something that's a bone of contention with a lot of City fans in terms of the empty seats, jibe, etc. But it is January and, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why people weren't there. But that the atmosphere does seep into the players sometimes. And I think that was a big case today of... You know, their support was thinking, we forgot you were here. And it was at the only point this season that I've gone, oh, actually, yeah, so did I. Because <laughs> all I could hear was them lot and not us lot for a change. Um, so, yeah, I just think it was a bit of a, a weird game and a weird atmosphere. But four, um, four goals and we're through to the next round. So some players out there would have got that confidence boost. I don't think Jesus had a great game. But at the same time, two goals and he's a confidence player. Should hopefully see him for the next couple of games, especially when we've got, you know, the, uh, the swamp coming on uh, Wednesday. I think it's fair to say, I hope it's fair to say that this podcast is always very honest, so you might hear other groups of fans who want to deny empty seats, want to deny lack of atmosphere. I think we just deal with the reality and if, if the fans listen to this podcast of other clubs, then, you know, if you want to take the mickey, if that's the expression, do so because you're not going to get us to kick back on that. The fact is that... It wasn't a full stadium. It no, was a flat atmosphere, wasn't it? It was, but again, you know, as I say, it's not exclusive to us. If you, um, I saw some pictures doing the rounds from Old Trafford the other night, where again, it, it wasn't sold out, and there's loads of reasons for that. You know, we're in January. Some people haven't been paid for seven, seven, six, seven weeks since Christmas. So, the, you know, finances play a big part. It's Sunday. It's the FA Cup, cup schemes. I think so. There is a lots of reasons. I'm not criticising people terrestrial for terrestrial TV. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not criticising fans for not turning up. I'm just saying that fed into the kind of game it was in terms. Of the lack of atmosphere in the ground. I mean, we struggle when we're full in terms of an atmosphere. Um, so for today, I just think it mirrored the performance on the pitch a lot. The question I was asking to people on the vlog to, today at the game was whether which of the three cups that City are left in are the priority. 
Now, it isn't quite as straightforward as you might think because City play United in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup, which makes that slightly different because it's United. This is the FA Cup, the oldest cup competition in the world, as everybody keeps telling us. And then there's the Champions League, which traditionally, if that's the right way of saying it, City fans have not always been enamoured with and always put the Premier League as a priority. So let me ask you the, the same question I've been asking everybody today. You've been at an FA Cup tie. Is the game today against Fulham, the win against Fulham, more important perhaps than the game against United because it's only the Carabao Cup or the last 16 game, because that's all it is, last 16 at this stage against Real Madrid and going on in that competition? Where do your priorities lie and why? Ian, if we were playing Aston Villa on Wednesday night, that would just be deemed a Carabao Cup semi-final against Aston Villa. The fact that it's a derby, it goes back to what we were saying before the derby this season. Yeah. When, when you asked me and Paul in the pre-Derby podcast how big a derby is, forget that it's a, a second leg of a semi-final. It's a Manchester derby. It's a separate entity altogether. It's not treated like any other league game. It's not treated like any other cup game. <coughs> it's a Manchester derby. So the fans have got to turn up on Wednesday night, in my opinion, with the fact that it's a semi-final out of mind and just come and say it's a derby that we want to win and we need to win. So if City were playing Aston Villa on Wednesday night, which is how you started yeah. that answer, does that mean it wouldn't have been as important as it is because it's United? We're in a semi-final, it's one step away from a final. In fact, it's a semi-final second leg, so you're half a step from a final. So in my opinion, that's got to be important. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a famous cup competition, the League Cup, that's been severely disrespected by many, 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 many clubs over the years. Jurgen Klopp's disrespected it massively this season. Um, as he's disrespected the FA Cup, you know, prioritising other fixtures that are outside of, of this country over these cup competitions, which for me is a bit of a disgrace, but that's a separate you know, conversation for another day. But isn't Pep right in what he's been saying? When he's been questioned, he's made great emphasis on the fact that he hasn't just done this to say it for the sake of it, but when he's been asked directly, he said if, if England and this country and the Premier League and all the clubs want to keep their players fit and at the peak of their fitness, actually, the League Cup needs to be axed. The FA Cup replays need to be axed. There needs to be two fewer teams in the Premier League. So by definition, he is saying that the League Cup doesn't matter. In the future, maybe, you know, depending on what happens with all that, if that gets taken serious and, and English football... English football is going to have a bit of an overhaul over the next five years. I'm, I mean, no doubt about that. The European Super League's being muted. Different competitions are being muted as well. Um, winter break will probably not end up being what it's going to be this year, next year or the year after. Well, the Qatar World Cup's going to come into it as well, isn't it? And the readjustment of the league so, timetable. Well, exactly, and you know, I think that that World Cup will be somewhat of an... A kind of experiment to see whether we can reshape the way this league's run and stuff but um, obviously Pep speaking from experience in Germany and Spain obviously English managers won't agree with him because they've never been able to experience 18 games you know at home and 18 games away in the league campaign or less cup competitions but in answer to your original question the FA Cup's a massively important trophy to me because it's the FA Cup I was brought up by my granddad and my dad with the FA Cup being an amazing competition so I've always seen it as that the league for me I know people are going to say, what the hell are you talking about? I still see the league as 13 games to go. So I'm, I'm still interested in what goes on in the Premier League. And I want to win the League Cup. And whatever happens in the Champions League happens. I'd love to win it, but it's an outside chance for me because there's some really good teams left in it. So you haven't answered the question, which, is, your, which, is, your, which is your priority? No. Yeah. I'm forcing you people, to have People it. may say we're out of the league, but the league's always my priority still. 
So if, you, if Pep is having to pick up, like in this game against Fulham, you'd have to admit that he's picked a team which, if we were trying to second guess what his team is on Wednesday against United, you would have to say that it's probably going to be Edison, Kyle Walker, yeah. Mendy, uh, probably Fernandinho, and it looks like maybe John Stones, but I'd, you know he's, he's rested him today or only brought him on, on late. Then you're looking at Rodri playing, you're looking at maybe Aguero, Kevin De Bruyne. You can see that he's picked a weaker team. So by his actions, he's either saying listen, we don't need to put much out against Fulham, or he's saying the priority is United in the League Cup. Yeah, but then that's kind of, if he's saying that the League Cup doesn't matter, but yet rested players today to play in the League Cup, it's kind of contradictory in a way then, isn't it? No, he's not said that. To be fair to him, and I'm only being fair to him by saying this, I'm not contradicting you, mm. but he was asked a very specific question about protecting players. Mm. So Kane, Rashford and players like that who are currently injured... He thinks is because too many games being played yeah. in quick succession, then it needs four days at least for a player to recover from a game of football. That's why he answered it. He's not sort of calling for the League Cup to be scrapped, but I can also understand that, that argument. That would be a solution to the problem, yeah. in, in, indirectly. Um, yeah, look, like I say, FA Cup's important to me. The League Cup's important to me. I can't give you an answer to that question because I don't prioritise cup competitions. Over unusual is that he hasn't got an answer. He hasn't got an answer. That's all right. We can, we, me and Paul will give you some answers. Um, for me, I think it's League Cup um, mainly because is that just this season? No, um, I mean it is because we're playing United, and I don't care if we're playing them in a friendly. I want to do them. Um, well, I nearly swore them, but um, yeah, if, I don't care what the game is. If we're playing United, we've got to win. That's just me. Um, you know having it all from United fans all my life it's I don't care who how or when we play them we could be on the moon and play them at daft o'clock we're going to be no atmosphere on the moon well um, (laughs) (laughs) might might as well be at Old Trafford then Um, but I think winning that League Cup in February gives us the push for the FA Cup the Champions League um, and I think if we get knocked out or lose the final it then kind of allows things to potentially spiral um, so for me it's going to be the League Cup on um, yeah throughout League Cup for me he's given um, me an answer Tony but yeah. that's a shock no not necessarily I think if you ask me at the beginning of the season I'm never going to say the League Cup but here and now it's the League Cup that's then going to give us that momentum to push on and carry on like we've seen in yeah no like we've seen in a couple of seasons go yeah the first silverware comes in we've seen it in the previous seasons and when we went on to win 13 14 games in a row and kept that pressure up on Liverpool and then went on to win the league so for me if we want any success going in terms of the other cups we need the first bit of silverware in and well it's our cup <laughs> for me is you know at this stage yeah. we've nobody in the last 10 years has won it more so for us it's our cup and we've got a stamp on it in terms of what pep says about you know the players resting and prioritizing and things like that he's not alone Klopp said the same thing i remember fergie saying it in the 90s every manager who's in all these competition realizes it's too many games for their small group of players because you can't have massive squads now they've already started to do it so we saw the replays disappear out of the league cup this year um and hopefully they're going to do the same with the FA Cup because I understand that for the lower teams the replays can be financially beneficial but at the same time then that's down to the finances the financial model of the FA Cup in that sense they do need to scrap replays um, and allow less games throughout the season for me I'd completely agree I think as fans we're 
burnt out a little bit as game after game and this is why we see empty seats in various stadiums across you know the whole of the UK um, because it's a lot financially to ask fans to go to home games away games uh, Wembley for us and places like that um, on our finances you know we're not all on £100,000 a week so when it comes to that side of it even just for the fans I think we need fewer games never mind for the players and their mentality recovery and burnout and all that side of it so I would agree with Pep um, reduce the amount of games we've got to be honest uh, actually though there is one thing you've got to say we've had a previous discussion on the podcast about the price of Real Madrid tickets for example yeah. uh, this game that we've just watched against Fulham was far from a sellout mm-hmm. we believe that the game on Wednesday against United is not going to be a sellout and yet Madrid is heading for one even though I think the pricing structure is probably higher for that game so what's the reason is that just purely because it's is it Champions League, even though City think, fans all seem to, to put it down a bit? Or is it because it's Madrid? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, well, I think it's, there's a couple of reasons in there. I think, A, it's Madrid. Um, but we can make the same analogy with United. And Wednesday, I reckon, will be sold out on Wednesday's game um, just because it's United. You know, it's and not it's, looking that way at the moment, though. It's not. There is still seats available in terms of general sale. But I think overall, for a midweek game, it would be um, a, the fullest we've ever seen it for a midweek game. And I think that's just down to the opposition. And also, um, not that I like to use the term tourist, but it's not necessarily tourist in the sense of the word that people say foreign city fans. What I'm talking about is foreign football fans that don't necessarily have allegiance to City will buy that because they get to see Real Madrid and City. So they're not really bothered about coming here to watch us play. They're coming here for the game of football and the Champions League so and what that brings. Yeah, yeah exactly. Buy the half and half scarves. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. So I think yeah, that yeah. plays a part of why it will potentially sell out more so than it's City fans coming here watching it I think you know there'll be a good five or so thousand that are here just because it's City versus Real Madrid rather than they're supporting one or the other so um, I don't suppose Paul's got an opinion on uh, League Cup (laughs) FA Cup or Champions League you know what I find it I find it funny that we're actually discussing prioritising cups when you're a Man City fan Uh, for years we didn't have a cup we didn't win a cup we didn't get near a cup um so the fact that we're prioritising now says a lot how, we, how far we've come. Um, for me, ideal scenario now, because the seasons for me, the Premier League's gone. Um, that's another topic, I won't get into, into that. Um, every single cup now, so every cup as it comes is a priority, and we win every cup as it comes along. The ultimate, at the end of the season, we'll win the Champions League, and then that'll take the complete gloss of Liverpool winning the Premier League. Yeah. The press will make sure the gloss stays there. Not in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, Paul's kind of more eloquently put my answer. If you want to call it that, the fact of the matter is I'm basically just copped saying, out of an answer. No, no, because I, 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 I went I, I round the houses with mine. But what I was basically trying to say is exactly what Paul said, Ian. The fact of the matter is you approach every competition as it comes. So I, I, in my mind, I can't process... Um, you know, prioritising a competition. If it arrives, you, you play the best squad that you can play at that moment in time. If you've got injuries, you accommodate for them and you just go for it. And if you lose the game, you lose the game. If you win the game, you win the game. But at the end of the day, to prioritise cup competitions for me, I'd prioritise every cup but the Champions League. Yeah. I, because I, I'm not to, Champions League to clarify it then, if I had to prioritise a cup, which I'm making, yeah. right, it'd be the Champions League. Because that's the cup we've never won. Yeah. That's the cup that everybody says to make us great, we've got to have won it. So as a fan, 
I've seen the other Cups won. I'd love to win the Champions League watching City in my lifetime. So I'm going to ask it now like this. I mean, we're, we're still a few weeks away from the Champions League and who knows what can happen with injuries. I, I, I accept all that. But at the moment, Liverpool are still in that competition. Liverpool are still in the FA Cup. Liverpool are not in the League Cup. Now, we're City fans and we all want to believe our team can beat anybody on the day. But as long as Liverpool are in there and we've seen what's happened in the the big competitions, we played them in the Champions League a couple of years ago, they've been very difficult to beat. Do you feel more inclined to believe that City can win the Champions League as well as somewhere probably having to get past Liverpool? Liverpool aren't as good this season as they were last year. The statistics know. don't say that. The statistics don't, but we didn't have VAR in full effect and we didn't have the, 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 leniency. the, the leniency in the way things have gone in key moments in the game they've gone from this year. Um, this year's always going to be tarnished a little bit, whoever wins the Premier League, because it's it's the s- start of a new era, if you like. You when really we, believe that? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm only no, wanting I you to, to, to really nail this down, because yeah. I hear a lot of City fans saying it, and if our, any Liverpool fans are listening to this, they'll be saying, ah, they're just bitter, they're just saying that because they're not going to win it, and we're going to win it. They know their football this season, they know their football this season not been attractive one bit. I personally agree with Paul, but I think their best football wasn't played last season, it was played the season before when Salah scored 32 goals. Mm. I think they played very good football last year, and that both were better than this season's football. It's not aesthetically pleasing to watch, it's direct, it's switch, 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 bang it up front and try and hit somebody on the counter-attack. It's four pass moves and just try and smack some of the... I went away to Anfield and watched it. It's different watching it in the ground than on TV. And you watch it and it gets played across the back line to Van Dijk. He plays the ball to the right back. If Alexander-Arnold can't play a, a pass down the line, he'll switch it back across to the left-hand side. And then they'll look for Salamani or Firmino. Then they'll whip balls into the box and look for a, a, a ricochet or something. Then they'll score from that ricochet. It's not great football to watch. They'll argue that it doesn't matter. Goal's a goal, win's a win, that kind of thing. But Pep's philosophy isn't to change things, to win games for the sake of it, just to win that game and get it out of the way. So this it's brings to stick up, by his principles. This brings up a whole different subject which we can talk about, which is that we've been extremely lucky as City fans over the last few years to have our cake and to eat it because we are watching the most magnificent football yep. that I personally have ever seen in the Premier Same League, here. probably in the world on a consistent basis. Yep. I mean, Barcelona... Were, were magnificent Arsenal. with Ronaldinho and the Arsenal. They only did it for a year, though, but, but they, they played great football under Wenger. But we're also winning trophies. Now, if this era finishes, and let's hope it doesn't for a long time, and Pep moves on, and a different type of manager comes in, and City keep winning trophies, but don't play this magnificent football, is that going to bother you as a City fan? I personally don't think it's going to happen. Um, the reason I don't think it's going to happen is I think that was one of the reasons the club wanted to bring Pep in is to do, and I think I've said this before in terms of to do a Cruyff at Barcelona and set that style that then future generations are going to go on to replicate, especially if you start to look at the CFG um, in terms of the football city, the football group in that sense. So you've got the likes of New York City, Melbourne, Shanghai, etc. The rest of them, I can't remember them all. Uh, even the women's team, for example, and they're all playing that attacking style football so it doesn't matter who's in charge <clears throat> the club and the powers that be want this style of football so I don't think that will ever be the issue I think the only thing we'll come up against is 
we'll never have anybody as great as Pep <clears throat> in terms of tactical genius and what he can get out of players that other managers won't necessarily get out of. And I think that's what we'll miss more isn't necessarily the style of play because other managers do play like that. It is literally Pep. But <clears throat> it's the possession football, isn't it? Yeah. Not, not just attacking football. But I don't know what you, Tony, whether you watch other teams in the CFG group more than I do. I did at first when New York City was there. I was yeah. watching all the games. I've got to be honest and say I don't watch them anymore. Have you had a chance to see any of these other teams to yeah. see whether the, um, this football philosophy runs through? Not on a week-to-week basis in that sense, but I do catch up with some of the games uh, when they're on, for example, BT Sport. I've got the Australian uh, League and stuff like that. So I do get to see Melbourne quite a bit and I've got family out in Australia as well. So that's one of the reasons. But yeah, so I do get to see them and they do go with a similar philosophy. As I say, it's not as good as Pep because it's not Pep in charge. And... He is the X factor when it comes to the squad. You can have, you know, Brendan Rodgers who will play very similar football in terms of possession and wants to have free flowing attacking. Good possession based style of football usually. Didn't see it today because well Parker was fuming on the touchline when things were going wrong. We, we were sat directly behind him and Fulham are a good possession based football inside that like to play attractive football. They'll play direct when they need to. They don't play, you know possession for possession's sake kind of football. It's always with a purpose. So that can be correlated with what we play. But like you said, Tom. It's it, it it's a similar you know possession is possession, but it's not it, it's not. Do you know what I mean? Every team can play possession football in the in the world if they wanted to, but it's the style in which you play with possession. We've had possession in games where we've had 80-odd percent possession and yet they will still score with 20% or even 10% in some games with one shot, one goal. So possession only <laughs> means so much. You've got to have that attacking and those goals, uh, chances created. Um, so for me, as I say, uh, we'll miss Pep, but we won't miss that style of football. As for the club cup competitions and do I fear anybody Real Madrid Liverpool etc it's a cup competition anything can happen this is where it goes back to the league being the most important barometer of how well a team's doing because it's throughout the whole year whereas you can have a team like for example Spurs last year they didn't even win any of their uh, last three games before the final there were draws and penalties and things so they got there without winning a game to the final it is just luck sometimes yeah it's a look and that's you know cup competitions and that's why I'll always prefer to win the Premier League because it's the mark of um, good teams if not great teams depending on how it goes about you know in terms of 100 points etc they're your great teams but for the cup competitions I fear nobody because it's a cup um, the only thing that I don't necessarily like about today in terms of the FA Cup was VAR and that's not because I'm against VAR as listeners will know it's simply because it was only active in five of the games yeah, this no, weekend it's just not a fair competition <laughs> you've got to have it in all or none it's as simple as that the rules have got to be the same in, every, in the competitions as well and I just think it's muddy in the waters when it comes to the league the cups etc it's just got to be streamlined and sorted out now in this FA Cup victory against Fulham, City were camped out on the opposition's uh, end. To be fair to Fulham, I thought that they played the ball out from the back brilliantly and tra- tried to, to play the same type of football, but obviously just not as good. Uh, in midweek, City played at Sheffield United. Now, that was a very different type of team and a very different type of game. And maybe that was a bit more of one of those wins that you're talking about, was it, Tony? You know, that City might need to produce in these cups. 
Yeah, it's, you know, not necessarily play your, the best football um, and have those scrappy games and scrap out a result. Um, and we failed to do that sometimes this season where we've gone down and we've tried to get these neat passes and almost walk it into the net rather than, uh, I think Harlan was saying before, in terms of taking the shots from outside the box, you know, hoping for that deflection and it might land at a player, it might even go in. We, today, yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Bernardo, today's goal, you know, we've not seen them enough throughout this season. Um, and we're trying to be too intricate at the points and maybe the players are overthinking it um, but I think for me as I say in terms of the performances it's not playing well and winning sign of champions as they say have we done that this season potentially not look at the Norwich game early on in the season well, you know. consistent yeah and that's been our biggest problem this season it has been consistency have you been surprised because as we sit here it's the 25th I think today isn't it the January yeah. you might be listening to this of 26th. course in a couple of days on 26th but we're getting towards the end of this window and Pep did say at the outset that he wasn't going to sign anybody and it looks like he's not going to sign anybody no. now there's a bigger question here which I brought up a little bit on the podcast last week about whether in the background of this FFP is actually lurking that this isn't just a football decision even though it appears yeah, to be right. that there might be something under under, under the surface that we don't know about and there were articles this week I think the Guardian ran an article um, not suggesting that it's factually right or wrong I'm not even going to comment on it but the point is it brought up FFP again and the fact that UEFA are still according to the Guardian and certainly a lot of other people uh, still looking into this case as a result of the Spiegel stuff and City could yet be punished so do you I suppose there's two subjects here. There's the window, should City have been spending, and if they, shouldn't, if they should have been, is it because of FFP? So you seem to suggest, Tony, no, they shouldn't have been spending. No, I don't think we should have. I think um, if we look historically at what the club's done in January, we've done very little because it is a window. Laporte, Hang on, I'm coming on to him. Um, <laughs> Whereas with Laporte, we signed him at that point because of his minimum fee. It was going up if we didn't sign him in that January transfer window. So I think he's an exception rather than kind of the rule. Um, but on the most part, we avoid January simply because it's emergency buying, in which case you're paying a premium for a player. But also, any player good enough isn't generally going to be available until the summer because their club aren't going to want, them get, want them to let them go or they'll be cup-tied because they're at you know, the big clubs already. So I don't think um, it's anything to do with FFP in terms of January transfer window. I think it is down to who's available and um, how Pep works. He generally likes to have his squad at the beginning of the season and then that's the squad he works with for the whole season and very rarely does he dip into January unless it is a emergencies or financial reasons like Laporte was um, I think we've you know we've learned our mistakes you mentioned Bonnie there you know uh, 28 odd million and look how he turned out that was a rash buy because of the back of being top goal scorer um, for one season so yeah I don't think it's to do with FFP will we get hit with an FFP in the future probably why just because it's something that we can get hit with um, but I'm very sceptical when it comes to the reasons behind FFP and what goes on because it seems to get reported left right and centre with no facts but just rehashing old stories because nothing has actually come out new to what we already knew when this was 
about last season when they were all talking about City might get a Champions League ban. Nothing news come out. It's just old stories rehashed. Yet, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get my tinfoil hat on here, but, you know, how many stories are we seeing about the hacking scandal, etc.? You know, it's not... I just think it is filling paper for... Or, you know, digital in that sense, for clicks, for purchases. It's, you know, it's an easy article and it writes itself. I can pretty much do my own. Just for the purposes of people who don't know what you're talking about, this hacking scandal... Well, do you want to explain it? Um, well, essentially, um, Liverpool were found to have hacked or illegally have accessed City's scouting data uh, with all the players on and things like that. Um, after a couple of our scouts left and went over to Liverpool, they then accessed our database for a couple of months and were found to still be accessing it. And they settled outside of court with City as a settlement. And now the FA are looking into this to see the ins and outs of it. The Premier League aren't looking into it as it stands, but just the FA. Um, but you'll be, you know, try and find me some details because it is scarcely reported yet, you know, I can tell you something about 2012 FFP because it's everywhere at the moment Um, 16 point deduction for Liverpool That's what you think should happen? Absolutely, then the season's over then, we've won again (laughs) Easy that one, isn't it? (laughs) But in all seriousness, is is, is that if it's proven, obviously it's unproven but if it's proven is that something that should be very seriously yeah, come it's, down it's, it's industrial espionage at the end of the day. You know, if I was, if I was Bill Gates at Microsoft and uh, somebody from Apple hacked into... The it's only from Hocklick Marketing. Yeah, hacked, from, it? yeah, hacked in, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and nicked some valuable information, research documents. Because that's what scouting is. It's research, isn't it? It's research looking at who we... Yeah. In, so we're doing the job for them. So, yeah, it's serious. That. That's industrial espionage. Any other industry... That would be a serious penalty. A play, and, and while we're on the subject of recruiting, I can maybe bring Harlan in on, on the other stuff in a minute, but it's just jumped into yeah. my mind. I know that one of the results of Brexit is going to be, we believe, that City won't be able to recruit players under the age of 18 so play from, from abroad. So players like Eric Garcia, who we're now seeing make an impact at City, would not probably be on City's books and would not probably come through if the Brexit deal ultimately is the way we think it will be it's more to do with that freedom of movement isn't it so for example we will still be able to sign youngsters however it will be exceptional youngsters where we have to apply for work permits and kind of similar to the issue we had with Douglas Louise that ended up at Aston Villa they could sign him but we couldn't because of how it's classed and that side of it so we can but it'll be very difficult and I think that will impact us massively for our EDS team anyway um, and for future generations because you know we're seeing the likes of Eric Garcia um, Braff and people like that that have come through the ranks now um, and having been here from 14, 15 so I do think it will limit English clubs' exposure in terms of Europe but at the same time would that then give opportunity to you know, with Bellis's and your Phil Foden's for example that may be overlooked in some academies because they are bringing in potentially the next Messi over an English talent so it Wait and see. I think it could be good, um, but I do think it will hinder English clubs more so than anyone else in terms of our potential for the future of getting the best players at a cheap price um, or before they become the best players. So I do think it will hinder the club as a overall in that sense. I did give you a chance, I promised you yeah, a yeah. chance to talk, Harlan, so you can talk about January transfer windows, yeah. you can talk about hacking. Yeah. Where do you want to go? Um, yeah, just on the transfer window, Ian. Um, something I was thinking about is, is I don't think... I think a decision has somewhat been made with regards to signing somebody because of the gap that there is between us and Liverpool. I think if the gap was smaller, 
and we only needed to maybe make up maybe five or six points and he was looking for another finisher or or this you know another centre half to to make sure that the gap teleport was injured for another month or something um, or he didn't come back as quick as he had maybe Pep would then be looking more serious at not leaking as many goals because the gap was smaller and it was more to lose if you want to call it that I think the fact that from what I can gather he's already given up on the title and players have already kind of you know Walker the other week almost slipped up and said it's gone and then again Sheffield United said oh there's still time and there's still points to make up some of them have given up but on the pitch they have to show they've not it, we're not we're not that naive to think that some of them haven't already let go of the league title and they're already just focusing on Europe and whatnot. But I think a decision on transfers was made partially because of the distance between us and them, and that had it have been a lot smaller, we might have maybe gone out and strengthened maybe with one or two players to build the squad early for next season, so that we can make the best possible start for next season. Because sometimes in summer, when you go in to sign players, um, you know there's that many other teams looking at one player. The negotiations can become a bit, a bit tedious. I think the only player that I potentially wanted in this window um, went to Dortmund, uh, to Leverkusen in terms of you know, Dortmund, uh, Haaland, uh, is little. Uh, you don't mean this Haaland, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Although Haaland has got a little one. <laughs> um, no, I'll finger Haaland's uh, son. Um, and I thought he was a great talent and I thought he had the potential to go on uh, don't get me wrong I think um, the club fits him well now where he's gone because they're going to give him a bit like Jordan Sancho Jaden Sancho sorry they're giving him that opportunity he would be the only player and striker out there that I wanted during January however we'll probably still end up buying him from them for an extra zero at the end of his price tag in uh, two years time once he's made his name there but realistically who else was out there that would have improved our squad um, and I don't necessarily think there's anybody under 60 million out there that would have improved our squad of course, if, if and when this happens, and it might not happen, uh, we'll ask the question in a lot more depth. But because the story is still circulating at the moment, that City could face FFP sanctions and still be kicked out of next year's Champions League, how would you feel if that happened? If we won the Champions League this year and got kicked out of it next year, I wouldn't be that bothered for the pure fact that it's a box-ticking exercise, in my opinion, and we've won it then. And if we never win it again after we've won it for the first time, I'm not bothered. Now, I don't want that to come across as arrogant and rude, Ian, because I understand that you, obviously John, other fans that go away, Paul as well, enjoy the, the European trips and stuff. But there'd be another way of playing in other competitions that would allow you to travel. I just don't personally like the layout of the Champions League. I don't like the, the, the dark forces that come alive or be, be, become more alive in the Champions League. And I just really don't like... The, the, the Champions League as a competition. I loved it as a child because I wasn't as aware of, of what it is now. I, I've never really told many people this, but I remember sitting up on the night that Liverpool won it in 05 and asked my mum if I could stay up and watch the penalty shootout because... Is that it Istanbul? Was, yeah, because it was a magical tournament then when I was younger. It was something like, wow, Champions League, look at the trophy, look at the shine on it. Uh, Liverpool are an English side. That was always what I was taught, always back the English no, side, apart, the apart, apart, apart from United. Um, but growing up, I never knew that either. Um, it's lost its magic for me. And the FA Cup has now lost the magic that it should still have. And the Champions League's gained magic that it doesn't deserve to have. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if we're kicked out, so what? As long as we, if we can win it before we're kicked out, happy days. As for the, the travelling bit, there's a thing called Saga now, isn't there? 
So Ian's got his saga pass, so we're, Ian will be able to get on it with me and John as, as guests. So we'll still be travelling. We might be doing cruises, though, as opposed to doing <laughs> European trips. <laughs> You're a cheeky young whippersnapper, you are. <laughs> um, I can't see it happening, to be honest. I think if anything comes of all this, it will be a fine and that's it. I can't see us getting kicked out of the Champions League uh, for one season or any more than that. Um, I think it's too much to the Champions League to have us in there in terms of financially um, because across Europe, you know, teams do look to us as a big team, we, you know, champions um, of England, etc. And I think that it's too much to kick us out, and especially with the media attention that Pep brings as well. I think it devalued uh, it, <coughs> wouldn't it? I think it devalued the trophy if City weren't in it. Um, the style of, you know, we're too, we're too big now. We're too, I know mm. people don't like it, but we're too big a club now. But if the kick goes out, then who does it go down to? Does it then go down to fourth spot? Then you're having fourth spot. How's it a Champions League with... I mean, it's a different conversation in terms of the Champions League altogether, where, personally, I think it should be champions and occasionally the odd runner-up. But third, fourth, fifth... It's, Even what's United point? could get into it. Exactly, it's you know. It's, it's just ridiculous. Well, no, they will finish sixth, so they'll never get into it, don't <laughs> worry. Um, <laughs> but I just... I can't see it happening, as I say. I think with this... Um, the, the hacks from... Um, Dear Spiegel, I know people say that the emails were leaked, but uh, the club do say that they were hacked, and that's a different story in itself because using hacked material because it's illegally obtained, you can't use that in court. Um, so the club are trying to, you know, get some of that material removed and things like that. So I just think that it's too murky for them to be definitive enough to say you're kicked out. I think it will come down to I a fight. I think it'll open up a massive, massive can of worms if they kick us out. It's one thing threatening it and give us a bit of a fine. I think we'd take that just to let it get rid of it. But I think if they actually started kicking us out, that's serious stuff. And I think it'd open a massive can of worms. And then once once the, the city solicitors get on it and start asking to see everybody else's stuff in disclosure, which you'll have to do, They'll, they'll open up they won't want to do that other clubs won't want to get involved in it it'll just it'll go away other clubs you know AC Milan PSG have all fallen foul of FFP so if you set the precedence of uh, kicking City out now in the future if anything ever comes back about some of their FFP incursions and stuff like that what we're going to see them then getting kicked out no because AC Milan are one of the darlings of UEFA and won't get kicked out you know they've not <coughs> exactly um, so once they do it, it's then then they said, well, you're not going to do it for this lot. You're not going to do it for that lot. And this is where you know people are looking at the transfer ban because Chelsea got a transfer ban for what they were doing, um, tapping up kids essentially. Um, whereas, <clears throat> as I say, I think it will just be a fine, and it's just columns for the papers to write to fearmonger and put it into a fan's head of oil money, you don't deserve it, FFP this, that and the other, whereas anybody that's even watched 90 minutes of our football over um, the last two years three years will know how much and how good we have been and that we do deserve it regardless of um, what we've spent because, you know, look across the road at the Swamp, they've uh, spent I think it was 800 million in the same space and where are they? So you can spend money but can you spend money and get the best out of players? Yeah. Well, no, not every team yeah, can. Do you know what, do you know what Tony? It's funny. You've, well, it's not funny. I'm not laughing at it. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny that you've. It's funny that you, yeah, I laugh at that all the time. It's it's ironic, is it? Ironic. Yeah, it's, it's ironic that you've said that because I was watching BT Sport last night and I heard somebody that I've not heard praise us very much. Jake Humphrey doesn't like City. We all know that. We know BT don't really like us, but I never expected him to say what he said, and it was on what you've just said there about. It's okay spending money, but it's about how you spend it, not that you spend it. You need to recruit the right players, you need to coach them the right way, you need to adapt their style of play. Whenever he's spoken about us in the past, 
he's always jumped on the bandwagon of City have splashed out this amount of money or if BT have given figures or, or slides or fancy TV graphics he's always talked through it and gone 1.5 billion uh, Laporte cost this Aguero cost this and, and this is how much they get for him now and, and it's, it, it, it's all been propaganda and all agenda driven last night I heard him talking about West Ham believe it or not saying that um, he doesn't think West Ham should go and splash out loads of money on this player, that player, that player, that player, because that isn't going to work when they've criticised us of doing that and saying that's the only reason why we've got where we've got to. So it's contradiction, it's own right. And it just proves to me that it's, you know, criticise them because that's them and, and don't do because that's them. And they've, they've fallen... Well, Jay Comfrey is not daft, though. I mean, he's a Norwich fan. Mm. And, uh, you know, he, he would love it, I'm sure, if somebody came along to Norwich and was able to do what has happened to City and invest a lot yeah, of money. Of um, so you have to spend money in, in, in modern football to win trophies, don't you? You do, but it's, it's how you spend it. Because, you know, you look at someone like, for example, David Silva, 24 million, bargain. Sergio Aguero, 30 odd million, bargain. Then you look at somebody like Mangana, 40 odd million. That was wasted money in our eyes. I know you've well, got to say. Yeah, it could have been a bit. How do you developed? And this is where City, we get kind of lumped in of you spent this much total, but we don't look at kind of, well, who have we spent it on? We didn't go and spend 100 million on one player um, that, you know, has pretty much hardly played for them all season, yet still their talisman and where. Is, you know, we've gone out and spent 100 million on two free players where they've gone on to be with us for 10 odd years now. And, you know, is 30 odd million for a player worth it? If they're playing 10 years and the name's David Silva, Sergio Aguero, then yeah, it's definitely worth it. Kevin De Bruyne, another one going to be the biggest flop. Who was it? Um, waste of money Thompson. and all the rest of it. Thompson from Sky saying that. And, you know, yeah, one of the best midfielder, if not the best midfielder, in my opinion, in the Premier League. So it's about how you spend it and who you're buying and it's easy to go out and buy players and mercenaries and we fell into this trap in the past with the likes of Adebayor where they were coming literally for the money whereas now we're getting players coming to play for us coming to play for Pep and it's not necessarily about the money obviously it helps don't get me wrong I'm sure none of them are saying well hang on I don't want that much money they're all coming for some form of money but I think a lot of it is to play for the club whereas other teams will go out and say well will you sign for us for this much and you're thinking hang on what are you doing signing for them oh Oh, 50 million and the agent's getting 20 odd million and they're getting this much every year and you think okay so they're wasting money and that inflates the market we've never broken a transfer record we've broken our own don't get me wrong but we've never broken a British or world transfer record so we are definitely not inflating the market and we're definitely not paying over the odds if anything we've been a little wasteful when it comes to defenders sometimes but on the most part I'd back all of our transfers even the ones that have been and gone um, every player we bought we'd make profit on basically if we were to sell them which we don't want to do because we're not a selling club but looking at looking at what you just said then Tone you know we've spent decent money at the time on on very very good players at the time we've improved every player bar a couple that have obviously not been what we thought they were going to be but I think our investment's been fantastic and I think that the clubs that are criticising it aren't criticising it because it's oil money this, oil money that. They're criticising it because they've not been able to recruit as efficiently as well and, 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 have been, and, and, they, and, sorry, and they've not been able to see the improvement in the players that they've bought you know, be at the level that, that we've seen at our club and I just think, like you say, it comes down to that simple English word of jealousy. Let, let's conclude this podcast by we don't normally spend as much time looking ahead to the next game but I think because it's Manchester United and because it's the semi-final of the Carabao Cup, we ought to. Um, now, when we started recording this podcast, United were already 4 or 5 nil or whatever it was at, at Tranmere. 
So uh, clearly they've regained a little bit of confidence, although Tony, I think, was a little astounded by one tweet that he, he read, which read... Uh, Manchester United are back, and I think it was Gary Lineker putting that. No, no, it's definitely Wayne Lineker. He can't, <laughs> Gary would never have said anything like that. 6 0 full time, it finished. 6 uh, 0 full time. I mean, I said it after the Old Trafford leg, to be honest, that coming here 3 1. They, we shouldn't have let them get that goal. It was sloppy to get that goal. 3 0, I'm confident. 3 1, it's only a 2 0, and we're going to extra time, penalties, etc. And I just think for that reason, I'm not overly confident. I'm confident that we should do them, don't get me wrong, but I do think that, you know, we look at November where they came here and won 2 0, and that was, that's enough to push us um, to penalties. And this is why I think, you know, if there are still tickets available, and if you can make it, come because the crowd are going to make a big difference in terms of the result and the performance. So I'd, all I would say is if you're debating whether you're going to come or not, please do and uh, get behind the lads because it is a crucial game. It's not a dead rubber and a free one we're going to uh, walk this one if we've seen anything it's that team step up against us throughout this whole season so we definitely uh, need to go out and go for the win don't sit back to think oh we've got a 3-1 lead and we've got to go out and win it no I think I, I'm, I'm confident uh, I don't care if it backfires on me because I'm going to say it uh, we're playing the rags <coughs> we've got to batter them um, anybody that doesn't come to this one don't pretend you were there like people do when it was 6-1. Don't pretend you were there, so come to this one on Wednesday, and when we batter him, you can say you were there and you were part of it, so be part of it, get down. But no, we're going to batter him, we're going to embarrass him on, on Wednesday. Are you not a little bit worried by the fact that, as Tony said, they won here in the league, and they have now got this massive boost of confidence? I know Rashford's injured, but a massive boost of confidence from winning at Tranmere, and what we could all see what, was what, a dodgy pitch. What league are Tranmere in again? Well, City have only just beaten Fulham from, from the Championship, so it's... Ten-man Fulham. Ten-man Fulham. Ten-man Fulham, yeah, but the United, honest, we're going to destroy them. You don't like United, do you? Hate them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that we need to go into this game, pretend it's a one-legged semi-final, put the 3-1 out of the equation going into it, and pretend that it's 0-0, win this game... Then you add that to the 3-1 at full time and we threw and the aggregate scoreline is whatever the aggregate scoreline is. If we go in and start thinking if we concede two goals, it's level and all that kind of stuff, that's where you go wrong, I think, in this. That's what we did last time back in 2010. We, we started going in thinking, oh, away goals count for two and they don't now and all that. But we started to think about the scoreline too much. The players, I think, started to think about it. Players like Tevez, you know, and players like Yaya Torre and them lot, they started to think about the scoreline too much. Bellamy and it started to affect the players and that's where we fell down last time go into this one nil-nil crack a few goals out then you add it to the aggregate scoreline at the end and unkidori we're on our way to Wembley again um, but I think to start focusing on what happened at Old Trafford a couple of weeks ago in this one had affect you know the, the concentration levels um, and the job in hand is the most important one and that comes on to Wednesday night United have got to come out they've got to score at least two goals the so they've, they've got to come out and score um, they can't stick, you know. They can't park the bus. Teams that come out against us normally get beat. Teams that park the bus get a lucky break, a penalty, a decision. If if you deliver, United cannot sit behind. They've got to go and score goals, and they ain't going to do. And without that. Rashford, that's that's severely limited in my opinion. When we watched the, I say, when we recorded the podcast for the league game, and I pinpointed Rashford as a really worrying figure for United. He he, he turned out and, and to be that man. Um, without him yes Martial rate the guy um, one of only 
two or three players I'd have at City. Um, you know, out of that United team. Uh, Rashford's a massive loss. Uh, yes, they've cracked five out without him today. Um, but against a side like us, they need pace, they need directness. And without a player like that, I think they're severely limited. You're a tactician, so what is he going to go with the back three? Would you go with the back three? Or what, what sort of team would you pick? I'm guessing it's going to be the players who didn't play against Fulham. I personally think that, you know, Mendy's back, Mendy's fit, isn't he? Um, I'd let Cancelo and Mendy loose against United and just let them have the freedom of the final third. And, Not Kyle Walker. And the half, no, I'd go with Cancelo just to get in behind them and really cause trouble at the byline. We've not really seen Cancelo at his Juventus best yet because in a 3-5-2, I think he's at his very, very best. I think Mendy's better when he's not going to worry about defending too much. So if we were to play Mendy and Cancelo in this game, or even Mendy and Walker, I'd play a back three and let them run uh, the United full-backs ragged, especially if that young uh, Brandon, is at, uh, that Brandon Williams is at uh, left-back for them. I think Cancelo will have him on, on a lovely, low-pack, sliced, buttered toast. Warburton's. <laughs> You got any views on it? Um, not necessarily in terms of the back three, back four, etc. Because one of the things that I noticed today, um, whilst watching the game, was the formation is just too fluid. So, um, especially at the front, at the back, um, you've got at one point Otamendi was pretty much as a striker, um, and it was um, Cancelo. Yeah, and it was. Uh, Cancelo uh, coming in and covering his spot and then obviously ran back after uh, a minute. But as I say, because we play that fluid and even when you look at the starting uh, line-up at the up front, I thought, Jesus, up front. But then at some points he was on the left, Bernardo was there, David was there. So I just don't think we have this kind of structured team that it is this formation and that's it. We are generally fluid throughout the game. I mean, for me, if um, I was in Pep's shoes, then it would be Fernandinho and Laporte starting. Um, and I would start Fernandinho there I know obviously with um, how Otamendi has been playing Garcia has been playing and I would love to see more of Garcia um, but I would for this game definitely need Fernandinho there um, just to provide that cover and reassurance More than any of us sat here you Tony get the chance to sit in lots of different parts of the grounds including corporate areas and this game on Wednesday is in some eyes a potential trouble spot shall we say I'm trying to be diplomatic in the language that I use because the tickets are more readily available Mm -hmm. and it's a second leg and it's a decisive second leg do you think there's a fear that there's going to be United fans in the wrong part of the ground? There will be. I mean, there will be. We saw it at Old Trafford last week um, and it didn't stop any of the kickoffs and whatever. It just didn't happen in the ground. It was outside the ground. You know, um, ask any of the City fans that were there that were walking back. You know, there were spots of trouble everywhere. But I just think, unfortunately, that's the world we're living now. There's idiots in every fan base and if they're going to want to have a kickoff, they will have a kickoff, whether they're at the game or not. Um, I think it's one of those when it comes to a derby because you've got the luxury of being able to take your friend that may be support an opposite team and you know you want to sit together you want to have that you know they can't necessarily jump up and down and cheer when they're scoring if you're in their way end or home end etc but at the same time it's great going to watch it with your mates and it's one of the things that winds me up with football that we're not like rugby and some of the other sports out there that I can't go with some of my mates because as you, you know, all know I grew up in the 90s so all my mates are United fans so I come to City for the games generally with family because I never get to watch a game with them so it's great if we can do um, a derby or whatever but generally Generally, we just don't get the opportunity. I'm with you because obviously I support a lot of German football and I know that they have mixed zones in German games and you do see 
to use my other club's example, Schalke fans sat with Dortmund yeah. fans wearing colours right next to each other, no problem. It doesn't happen here. You and I agree with that, but I could see Paul shaking his head. He don't want a United fan anywhere near him, even if it's your mate, do you? No, absolutely not. No, I've got no United fans who are mates when we're playing on a match day against United. Have you got any United friend mates at all? Yeah, yeah I've got loads. got loads, but on match days we hate each other. Um, I stand right next. I stand on the seg line right next to the away fans. That's as close as I want to get to them on a match day. Don't want to get anywhere nearer than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm a bit like Paul to be honest with you. I'll uh, I'll cross over the street, me if there's United from walking <laughs> towards me. Jessica's mad at me because I, I I do it out loud sometimes. Out loud sometimes, and I go, oh what, oh, what the hell is that? And she goes, you can't say that. It's, it's, it's a civilian. It's another human being. And I go, yeah, but he's a red. And and but I'm respectful at the same time, you know. If, if I'm in a room with a United fan that's a nice guy I'll have a chat with them and then when football comes into the conversation yeah, it's, it's yeah, see you later pal I'm off but um, yeah I think I agree with everybody we can't be having United fans sat with us at this game no. it is going to happen you know let's not be naive United fans have bought tickets in the City end just like City fans bought tickets in the United end and I think that if that is the case then fans have got a a responsibility to behave it's easy saying it it's not going to happen is it there is going to be trouble but the fact of the matter is I wish fans would start looking at that green pitch look at the ball look at the players that you've come to watch focus on the football and stop focusing on what's going on in the stand you're here to watch football so do it well said well let's hope that it is peaceful let's hope that City obviously win thanks very much to you three thanks very much to charleslouis.co.uk who are the sponsors of the podcast um, and as I say, if you want to get any advice on mortgages, go and have a look at the website, charleslouis.co.uk. Uh, there is a phone number on there. Give them a call. And thanks very much to Manchester City for allowing us the, uh, the press room to pr- record the podcast in today. We really appreciate that. The next podcast will be recorded on the Monday evening after the Spurs game. Um, in between time, of course, there's United and there's Spurs away. So enjoy your football. Uh, remember it is only a game but remember it's great being a blue see you next time